0: Oh yeah! I am the chick chick mongoose, but you can just call me Goose. And we are here in the aftermath, the bloodied and bruised Keystone State of Pennsylvania, where apparently you can be a literal walking dead man and beat a TV doctor who likes to shill pills that don't do anything for you. Guys, if there's ever been a microcosm of the political scene of my lifetime in Pennsylvania, it was the Senate race where a man who couldn't complete a sentence was competing against a man who has been living in Pennsylvania for literally 12 minutes and is a Dallas Cowboys fan. And it was just uh, pretty brutal, pretty brutal. Another another, uh, day in Pennsylvania politics where... Uh, our politicians go above and beyond to shit on the Constitution and destroy your individual rights. So, yeah, love and life right now. Uh, as far as sports related stuff with uh, the midterms, guys, can you believe my former? well I can believe it. My former land, my my former state of residence, California. They voted. Down legal sports betting. This is an estate that has massive deficits and taxes and, you know, more social programs than, you know, the fucking United Nations. And they voted down legalizing sports betting. It wasn't just like FanDuel, DraftKings, Barstool sports betting either, it was the woke sports betting it was we're going to give all the indian tribes the access and you have to go through them they are the middlemen for you to place your sports bet so you know chief sitting blue balls was about to be a billionaire but people in california now are so woke so out of touch that they said no no chief sitting blue balls you are you are not going to get that money fuck you meanwhile missouri legalized uh marijuana not not even medical marijuana, just flat out go down the ozarks ozarks fucking you know rip some rip some mary jane you know little b j and m j you know down down the Ozarks, and that's cool now in missouri, so fucking wild night politically um I usually don't watch a whole lot of cable news, but I will be the first one to admit that. I watched very little match, watched a little bit of the Toledo game, but for the most part uh, was out there uh, cheering all my Libertarians. Thank God Rand Paul got reelected. We'll see about Blake Masters. He's not really a Libertarian, but he definitely leans that way. And uh, everybody else can uh, go fuck themselves. That's the way I see it. I think the whole California sports betting thing. And by the way, uh, Sal Babs is out sick once more this week. So prayers up for Salbaps. The kid is struggling. Uh, I mean, like not in a deaths kind of way, but he did go to the doctor today. He got swabbed for a number of different, we'll call it pathogens and stuff of that nature. If you catch my drift, Um, I believe the RSV virus, uh, the local paper actually did do an article about he may have that. So no Salbaps today. I, I would apps would be absolutely amazing right now to talk politics. I would love to hear... We talked a little bit about it on the phone, but he's been kind of out of it uh, sick. So apps today would be pure magic. So maybe we can talk to him a little bit about next week. But I think the whole thing about California not legalizing sports betting is really just... It just encapsulates this virtue signaling of, of California. H- hear me out. So basically... What we have right now in this current administration is is President Biden and the Democrats saying that they don't want to drill for oil here in the United States and we want to go to green fuel, all that. In theory, it sounds great, but we know the technology is not close to happening. I mean, even, you know, for instance, in California, they are mandating that by 2035, you have to buy an electric car. You have to do it, literally have to do it. Um. Meanwhile, they are having rolling blackouts, and those electrical grids that are supposed to power these electric cars, yeah, they don't really work. So that's an issue. Uh, you're not allowed to. A lot of days when they have these rolling blackouts, you can only wash your dishes between like twelve to three o'clock in the afternoon. So if you're a normal fucking American and a uh, not a degenerate like me, selling insurance. If you actually work a normal nine to five job, well, tough shit. You're not washing your dishes. Um, and those grids there in California to power these set electric cars, guess what? They run on fossil fuels. So it's all bullshit. It's all virtue signaling. And that brings me back to the sports betting, because when I was in when I was in L.A., literally you go down Sunset Boulevard. I talked about this before. It was, you know, fat models and trans this and that on the billboards juxtaposed to five years ago when it, i literally almost had an accident when i saw the first time um Haley baldwin or Haley bieber now with like you know all these smoking hot most beautiful girls on billboards now it's been replaced by the complete opposite the one exception to that rule the one time that you're driving down sunset in la and you're gonna just see a fucking smoke show blonde all-american white chick on a billboard now it is for las vegas probably you know especially in the springtime it's you know that they're going to do a billboard for you know whatever uh, casino hotel is on the strip there for their pool where basically you can you know go to the pool and uh do blow and get a blow if you know what i mean uh that's the only time you're going to see anything of a 90s billboard that we'll call it Vegas makes an absurd amount of money still off Southern California from San Diego up through LA, a shitload of those people go to Vegas on the weekends. They don't even have to be not even sports fans. I can tell you, you know, some of my gay friends in West Hollywood who are giant poker fans, giant poker players. They go to Las Vegas for poker tournaments. This is uh, no secret I mean, for years, I've theorized theorized that it was literal uh, Vegas uh, casinos who were paying off California politicians to make sure that you couldn't legalize gambling in California. And that may still be a little bit of the case, but as we saw with the the referendum on the local California ballot, these people are such fucking idiots that in in their state, with all this crime— all, all, no solutions to the homeless population. One third of the country's population lives in Southern California. All the tax revenue they would have got from legalized sports gambling. and they said, uh, no, we're gonna we're, we're just gonna let Nevada have all that tax revenue. Nevada, which by the way, looks like it is increasingly trending red. So bravo, Bravo, fucking brave woke citizens of California, you fucking dumb shits moving on to college foosball it was a it was an awesome week guys um we had what was you know potentially game of the year candidate i was all over it in the preseason suck that tiger dick bitch brian kelly is getting things going at lsu week one they're in the superdome special teams was horrendous and there was a couple games early in the season that you just kind of like okay is this really does brian kelly fit culturally in lsu Absolutely not. But guess what? Brian Kelly has won big at every single coaching stop, every coaching level he's ever been at. Now, Notre Dame fans will say accurately, Marcus Freeman is taking Notre Dame recruiting to a level we've never seen. And yeah, that, that may work out. And Notre Dame, talk about you know beating the pants off of Clemson. Marcus Freeman is uh, getting that uh, in the right direction. But Brian Kelly is a flat-out fantastic football coach, Talent has never been an issue in LSU. It never will be. And now that Brian Kelly has things going, you're going to see, you know, all those kids in state in LSU, they want to play in Death Valley. So I think the sky is the limit for LSU. Hell, they may even get to the uh, SEC East champion, or may win the SEC East, get to the championship game. Who knows what happens in, in Atlanta there against Georgia? I would still obviously take Georgia by probably nine and a half, ten and a half, but Kudos to Brian Kelly. Amazing game. The Nick Saban dynasty is not over. Stop all that jerk-off talk, okay? But I will say, my boy Bill O'Brien, I do love him, but it's not working out at at Alabama. He does need to to go on, lead his own program. I still think Bill O'Brien at Georgia Tech would be absolute uh, cash money. As far as our picks, me and Sal Baps were hanging out at the 500 level. He was 3-3. I was 3-3. Uh, I absolutely nailed Washington state minus four and a half at Stanford. This Stanford team fade the fuck out of them earlier this week. The line was about 21 and a half against Utah. I was all over it. The line is now Utah minus 24 at that line. I I still think it'll probably hit, but uh, I'm staying away from it now. Uh, I had the wake forest at North Carolina state plus four and a half North Carolina state, this stud four star uh, freshman quarterback. They got their outright win. Get some money line, like in this North Carolina State team. Obviously not as much as when they had Devin Leary, but I do like this freshman quarterback. I do have a play on NC State a little bit later. We'll get to that. Uh, Maryland just... So let's just talk about the weather last week in college football. If you were anywhere in the vicinity of the Midwest, you were dealing with, like, tropical storm, 30-mile-an-hour winds... Uh, horrible rain—you know, the kind that you know comes to your fucking side of your face, that you can't see five feet in front of you. And for this Maryland Turpins passing attack, they literally—I mean, the first half I watched—it was comical because like they literally like attempted two pass attempts going against the wind. They that they couldn't do anything. Uh, two and number two there at quarterback—he was not in Hawaii anymore, Dorothy. And you could just tell the kid was fucking miserable. So Wisconsin absolutely rolls Maryland. My pick. Did not uh, do anything there. And then I had Duke nine and a half at Boston College. Uh, Talk about backup quarterbacks once again. I mean, and and this was bullshit. So I'm going to go a little tirade here right now. Duke was minus nine and a half. I was all over it. Duke was winning by 10 points the entire game from about midway through the first quarter. Mike Elko, head coach there at, at Duke. Fantastic defensive coordinator in the past. Doing an amazing job. Duke's going bowling. Having said that, my big gripe, I got two big gripes with, with, with coaches, especially this year. It seems it's happening more than ever. Defensive coaches, when it comes time to close out games, they put on their skirt and they're the biggest little bitches in the world. You've been Duke. You've been absolutely tearing up this Boston College squad the entire game. They cannot stop you. Your last three possessions in the fourth quarter. As you are up uh, b- 17 here. They are the most conservative offenses ever. A complete shell of who they were. And I get it. You're protecting a lead. But literally it's third and eight. And you're doing like a full back plunge for one yard. I mean, it, it and this was the last three possessions. And you let Boston College right back in the game. Boston College freaking covers with a field goal, no less. They're down 10 points. And Jeff Halfley there with about a minute left kicks a 40 yard field goal breaks my fucking heart. But defensive coaches, listen, you can protect a lead, but if it's third and nine, okay, you got to throw the ball. You got to try to get a first down so you can actually close out the fucking game. This isn't rocket science. The other thing is you see defenses when they're up and they go into the prevent all they're in the, the prevent to prevent the big play. And then how many times have we seen this year? It's almost every fucking time. The offense scores in like a minute 10 seconds. What kind of prevent defense is that, Jackass, when you literally just let them score in a minute 10? Congratulations. You made them waste a whole minute 10 off the freaking clock. You're an idiot. So, defensive coaches, Mike Elko is the exception to the rule. He's doing a great job. But once again, when you have that kind of dog shit mentality, and you're wondering why you guys aren't getting the head coaching opportunities. Well, that's why. It's shit like that. The game is, these days, the rules are tilted towards the offensive side of the ball. You're seeing it more than ever, these successful coaches who are going for it on fourth down. If you were past the 50 on fourth down, and it's fourth and two, fourth and one, the numbers prove it now. The deep analytics prove it. You got to go for it. Look at TCU the other weekends, West Virginia. West Virginia is in that game in Morgantown the entire game. They have three points, fourth and inches. What does Sonny Dykes do? He throws the fucking ball because he's an offensive, aggressive coach. And he now has TCU, Texas Christian University there in the stockyards of Fort Worth. God, I, was, I wish I was there right now. So many just fucking smoke show, long-legged, blonde cowgirls who are just good people who want to get absolutely ragdolled on a Friday night. I I, I miss my times at Fort Worth. A couple, couple bachelorette parties I'm thinking of right now uh, in Fort Worth that, dear God, what am I doing in fucking John Fetterman, uh, Pennsylvania? So, anyways, uh, last picks here that I had last week uh, basically um, the, the lock of the year. Service Academy unders, guys. I, I told you what I what I tell you. The Air Force and Army under 40 and a half came absolutely nowhere close to going over. I think the final score was 30 points total. So, yeah, when you see when Army-Navy plays in a couple weeks here, no matter what the opening, actually, let the opening line be super low, dumbasses are going to bet it up a couple points And after like the first 24 hours, you go out, you take all your money that I'm hoping you took off FTX, fucking, that's going to be a Netflix documentary in one year, take all your money that hopefully you got off FTX already, put it on the Army, Navy under, it's going to hit. Our boss, Cock Lock, fucking loses every single week. Guys, if there's one successful play you can count on besides unders and service academies, whatever we say on the boss cock lock, just fucking just fade it. Okay. We had Illinois rolling at home against a reeling Michigan state team who dispended another significant portion of the roster. Give credit to Mel Tucker. You know, South Baps has been tough on, on Mel. He's a fan. So I get it, but I still think Mel Tucker is the real deal. Uh, I still think he's a really good freaking football coach. Michigan State there, Dan Gilbert, several other billionaires pumping in money. They're going to be fine, okay? Especially as long as James Franklin is at Penn State, okay? Third place in the Big Ten East is more than attainable. Moving on to this week, what games am I excited about? What games am I... What, what, what's wedding the cockiness monster, so to speak? The Manaconda, the one eyed Cyclops, so fearsome, so fierce, outlawed in 23 states in the territory of Puerto Rico or the city of Reading. I am excited about this LSU Arkansas game. We were just talking about Brian Kelly. This is a really good measuring stick for Brian Kelly in this LSU program. You just had this huge win in Death Valley against Alabama. How can you respond on the road against an Arkansas team that is battling for the a, a decent bowl here? Or just to get to a bowl at all, I believe. They're at five wins. At home, they're in Arkansas. Very underrated place as far as home venues. And I'm really curious. Vegas has, it's a fishy line. They only have LSU minus three against this reeling Arkansas squad. So my first pick, though, of this week, I am taking LSU at Arkansas over 62. Hear me out. You have this LSU squad, Jaden Daniels. I mean, talk about an indictment against Herm Edwards in Arizona State. Jaden Daniels is looking like a fucking top-notch college quarterback, if not top-four you know, draft picked for the NFL. This kid, he, he's making timely throws. He's been way more accurate. And he has just been an absolute menace scrambling out of the pocket, getting those tough yards. Uh, Kayshawn Boutte, their All-American wide receiver. He is fucking tearing people up. Matt House, their defensive quarter, this, this defense, all that speed there in LSU, they are showing up. Having said that, Alabama didn't take advantage of this. I don't know why. I think this is kind of really shows just how bad the Alabama offensive line is. But if you're going to beat LSU, the one weakness on that team is the rushing defense. What does Arkansas do? KJ Jefferson, the fucking steamrolling big old quarterback there. Uh, Sam Pittman, the offensive line coach there from Georgia. Now the head coach. They want to run the ball down your fucking throat at home. With a desperate team, with a team, Ken O'Brien is that old, uh, spaced-out Baylor offense. They're going to test LSU. They're going to run their ball down their throat. I think everything is pointing here. This game is going to go well over 62. I wouldn't be surprised if we're in the 70s. Weather looks to be pretty good, which this time of the year, that's what you really got to look at is the weather report, because we are getting to those kind of shit situations. Speaking of overs, I watched this team last week, just spoke about them. Boston College, this backup quarterback, he made some absolutely dime throws against what's pretty good Duke defense. The Boston College wide receivers made some spectacular catches. And listen, we've spoke the praises before of Zay Flowers. This dude's going to be a top. He's going to be at least a second-round draft pick in the NFL, if not late first. Boston College has some skilled talent. They have to throw the ball. Because they have literally no offensive line whatsoever. They cannot run the ball. Uh, Juxtapose that with North Carolina State. They do have a very impressive defense. But this freshman four-star quarterback looks like the real deal. The line here, guys, is only 41 points. This, to me, smells like the type of game. There's 38 points. And then Boston College is driving with three minutes to go in the game. And freaking North Carolina State puts on the... Prevent defense that can't prevent anything, and you get a total here that's 44 or 45 points. So I am taking the over Boston College at NC State over 41. That's it as far as my over-unders. So let's just move on. I have a couple a couple games here that are pure money lines. Guys, let's talk about Miami. Not Miami of Ohio. Miami, Florida. Also known as now the biggest red county in the United States. Fucking, if you would have told me that five years ago, I would have thought you were on PCP. Miami is a program. Obviously, we know the history there. Mario Cristobal, X's and O's. He's very, well, let's just say James Franklin-like. Having said that, he is a masterful recruiter. Miami does have all those uh, Bitcoin bro programs. uh, crypto Money, which they also had a lot of in FTX. FTX uh, dude was hanging around there. So maybe not as much this week. I do think Mario Cristobal does get the program working. But, guys, this is a program right now. A lot of those kids, Cristobal is going to get the fuck out. He's going to hit the transfer portal hard. This team, much like Stanford, Stanford more so because of injuries, Miami just because they have some head cases, this team has quit. I am all over Georgia Tech. Money line. Guys, you can get the money line from minus 121. This Georgia Tech team, ever since they uh fired Jeff Collins, they have been playing really inspired ball. Uh backup quarterback there is looking pretty good. Jeff Sims as well. He's been banged up, but he may play this week at home there in Atlanta against a Miami team that is clearly focused on next year already, clearly focused on the recruiting trail, with a team that is clearly checked out for this year i am all over georgia tech money line pick number four here speaking of our money lines this this play right here plus 102 you're getting hear me out i am all over texas a&m money line and i know you're saying oh you just said miami just checked out well texas a&m just definitely checked out too yeah there's some there's some stud five stars on Texas A&M that have probably already checked out and are literally about to enter the transfer portal. Having said that, Connor Wegman did not play last week. A number of Texas A&M guys did not play last week in the loss to Florida. Did Florida play good or did Texas A&M just have a shitload of guys out? Actually, I think it's a combination. I watched nearly the entire game Anthony Richardson, Ricky Pearsall, Billy Napier—they played a good game. Still, they needed a strong second half to pull away. They only won by ten. and was down literally about thirty players, including the stud five-star quarterback Connor Wigman. He's back this week. I still think—I uh, believe—they have a couple guys who are still out with the flu, but they do have the majority of those guys back. This is an Auburn team that I'll give them credit—they played inspired ball. At Mississippi State last week, I don't know if you saw it, Mike Leach was literally tearing down the chairs on the sideline. Fucking love our pirate, Mike Leach. Um, Cadillac Williams there, old school uh, phenom running back is now the head coach. Guys played inspired. They may play inspired again this week. Having said that, Jimbo Fisher must get to a bowl. Look at the teams across the country who are on four or five wins and who are are still playing hard and who, for the trajectory of that program, they must get to a bowl. Listen, we already know the whole fucking offensive side of the ball for Texas A&M, it's getting blown up. But whatever collateral Jimbo Fisher still has there at Texas A&M, he needs to get to a bowl. This is a must win for Texas A&M. I think this is also an opportunity for the kids who aren't going in the transfer portal to showcase what they have there for Jimbo. This is an opportunity for Connor Wegman to continue to grow as this young uh, quarterback and stake his claim as the future of the Aggies program. I think they get it done. If you're going to give me plus money as just a money line against an Auburn team that is not very good, I'm all over Texas A&M money line. Pick number five. They fucked me last week with the boss cock lock. But I am back on the Illinois Fighting Illini. Brett Bielema has this program. Uh, he he He's just doing an absolute masterful job. D- don't even look what happened last week. Yes, it wasn't good, but it was a blip on the overall radar st- screen. They're still going to win the Big Ten West. They're still going to go to the Big Ten Championship game. And and honestly, I think probably even cover, depending upon you know, how big the line is. I'm all over El- Illinois at home. Minus six and a half against a Purdue Boilermaker offense that is simply banged up. Now, what's the one thing that Purdue does? They chuck the living shit out of the ball. Third and two. Yeah, we're just going to do four verts and fucking Hail Mary down the field. Let's go. I'm telling you right now, they are not going to be able to throw the ball on an Illinois Team passing efficiency defense that is ranked in the top five in the country. Last time I checked, I believe they're actually number one. They're definitely in the top five. These guys can stop the pass. That's all Purdue can do. We also there in Champaign, Illinois, may get some inclement weather. It ain't exactly going to be the this time of the year in the Big Ten. Ohio State pays for it every year now, it seems like. It's not going to be passing friendly offense. I am all over. Illinois, minus six and a half. That's secondary. Uh, bounces back. Brett Bielema gets the guys. And uh, Brown there, running back, just runs the ball down. Purdue's throat. Last play here. It's a little bit sicko mode, but this is what we're doing. We are taking Texas, first half, minus three and a half. Guys, have you watched Texas these past couple weeks? Literally, all they do is destroy people in the first half. And then play like absolute dog shit the second half. Juxtapose that with the TCU and those smoking hot girls at the stockyards there in Fort Worth, Texas. They screw a pooch in the first half. And then Sonny Dykes, Quinton Johnson, Max Duggan. They absolutely ball out in the second half. And they somehow win the game. Do I think that's going to happen this week? No. I do not think TCU is going to win the game. Having said that, I do think Texas, once again, at home, there in Austin, jumps out to an early, big first-half lead, and then they just play, basically, prevent defense and squeak out a close win in the second half. But we are all over Texas, minus three and a half. I love this TCU team. I've been on them since week one. But guys, there's like four different games where the opposing quarterback on the other team Literally got hurt. Now, I don't know if TCU, like I said, has made a, a pact with the devil. If they went to New Orleans and they're practicing voodoo, whatever's going on, they can't every single game. Well, actually, maybe they can. Maybe once again they can because Quinn Ewers has been banged up all year. That's the, only, that's the only hope that they have is to hurt Quinn Ewers because I just don't see in the first half – Texas not being able to cover three and a half. So that is pick number six for me. Texas, first half, minus three and a half. Moving on here quickly to Sal Baps, my man. He just texted me over his picks here. He is all over Notre Dame at Navy, the over 39 and a half. Um, that is a game where I, you couldn't pay me enough to touch it. 39 and a half is not a lot of points. Um, But if you're talking about a Notre Dame team coming off a huge win at Clemson, having to prepare for the triple option, uh, I don't know. It's a stay away from me. Louisville at Clemson. He's taking Clemson minus seven. Uh, I did not bet this game, but I actually kind of like this play. I do think Clemson bounces back. Um, I do think what happened there in Notre Dame was a bit of an aberration. Not that Clemson is top 10 good. They're not. Uh, clearly, they need to just move on to Kled, uh, Klubnik, the freshman quarterback there. DJ, uh, he just blows. He blows chunks, dude. I know, Dabo, you're loyal to your players. You're very old school. Uh, I admire that, just not in the year 2022 when you clearly have a player way better who is the backup. And who is your future of your of your program? Uh, Maryland at PSU. Ooh, he has, he's taking Penn State minus 10. Uh, I was all over the over-under. It looks like State College is going to have some shit weather. Um, surprise, surprise. Pennsylvania, shit weather in the month of November. Uh, it was at 59.5, the over-under. I slammed the under. It has now come down to 57.5. I still like that. Salapso is taking Penn State minus 10. Um, I think that line's about right. Uh, earlier... It looked like Rakeem Jarrett, star wide receiver from Maryland, wouldn't play. But it looks like he now actually is. Having said that, I will say the one thing that we saw like last week, two and number two, their quarterback, this kid fucking, he cannot throw in bad weather. And it's going to be cold there in State College. We know that. If we get the rain mixed in with the cold, like I think we will. Like I'm checking my weather app right now. Uh, I do actually like this play. I, I do think Penn State covers the minus 10 at home. Next play, Sal Baps. He is at Iowa State at Oklahoma State. He is on Oklahoma State plus one half. Uh unless Sal Baps knows something I don't about the health of Spencer Sanders, I actually think Iowa State probably wins this game. I was all over the over under. I haven't looked at it. The over under opened at forty eight and a half. I slammed the under on that. Um if that number is still around forty eight and a half. I think that's a better play. Uh, I think Oklahoma State, until they get some of these guys that are hurt back, until they get Spencer Sanders back, which he may be out for the year is the rumor. Uh, I do not agree with that play, but Sal Baps is on o- Oakie State, plus one and a half. We got Washington and Oregon. Sal Baps loves this Oregon team. They are a 13-point favorite at home, and he is all over Oregon minus 13. I will just say briefly here, As good as Oregon has been at home, if there's a time where Oregon is susceptible, it is in that secondary of theirs. Against Michael Penix, Kaelin DeBoer, head coach there, they throw the fucking ball. They are Purdue West. They're, you know, out there in Chazland and woke Starbucks. They throw the fucking ball. Um, This is a rivalry game. These are two programs that know each other really well. They usually play each other tight. Having said that, Oregon at home this year, and I mean, they had, the, I believe, the longest home winning streak in the nation. They've been just too tough. Um, for me, though, this is a stay away. Sal Bapso's all over Oregon minus 13. Last play here for Sal Bapso. Uh Oh, interesting. TCU at Texas. Uh, he is all over the over of 65. Um, I actually like that play. I like that play. Uh, I have not bet it, but yeah, I mean, we talked about Texas getting out to a big first half lead, and then you can see TCU in the second half, chucking the the ball. Looks like Quinn Johnson is playing now. Uh, The Randy Moss-like wide receiver there for TCU. Guy's a fucking stud, 6'4", fast as shit, and seemingly catches every 50-50 ball thrown his way. So I actually do like that play, Um, and you're going to get, you know, I don't know what book that is, but if you're getting even uh, the 65 flat there. I think you'll at least push. I like that play a lot. All right, guys. Let's see what happens this week. I am hopeful for another awesome, crazy week of college football. I think we're going to get it. We are down to three games, okay? No playoff talk here. We're not talking fucking rankings or playoff talk until this weekend is over. Then you have my permission to talk about who should be the fourth team. Until then... Let's enjoy, um, enjoy the scene. Let's enjoy these last couple weeks of a regular season. Like I said before, who knows how much we're going to have this regular season. That means so much. Um, hope you guys are well. Everybody stay safe. Say your prayers. Take your vitamins. Grow your own food. And make that bread and butter them hoes.